Right, hello everybody and welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And yeah, it's one of those horrendous international weeks uh, where there's no proper football going on. So we're having to think of different topics to discuss. Uh, we've got Phil Kirkbride on his way across to Sheffield uh, to watch the under-21, so he's not with us today. We've got Adam Jones and Chris Beasley and we're going to, um, myself Dave Prentice, and we're going to channel our inner Steve Walsh this afternoon and uh, decide don't say that <laughs> <laughs> decide you know so who maybe not who should be arriving at Everton in the summer but uh, you know who should be leaving um, if you're a regular visitor to our website you'll have noticed that um, we had a keep or sell story up this week uh, where supporters were given the opportunity to swipe right if you wanted to keep a player swipe left if you wanted to sell him or the other way around obviously you can tell I don't use Tinder um, <laughs> But, and some, I would say, it's maybe not surprising results, but some, you know, sort of eyebrow raises. So if we go straight down to the bottom end and uh, the players that were least popular amongst their supporters and the players that, you know, most supporters wanted to see moved on this summer. Rock bottom of the pile. Don't think there'll be any eyebrows raised there. And just as well that Tony Scott's not with us today because it's Kevin Morales. Uh, I think only 5.9% of Evertonians want to keep him this summer. Um, is that fair? Has he outlived his usefulness? Do you think the time is right for Everton and Kevin Morales to part company, Chris? Um, yeah, Kevin Morales is a is an interesting one because when he first came to Everton, such an exciting player, he's very direct. He's always been like that, hasn't he? he was very um, focused. Whenever he get the ball, he try and get towards goal um, as quickly as possible, and that's always been the way with Kevin Morales. And to be fair, in those early years, he was quite effective at that you know yeah. some decent numbers but I think um, last cu- couple of years um, once he's lost that kind of effectiveness the fact that you know he can be quite a, a temperamental um, character at times I, I would think he had um, it was surprising last year that he got, got he was given this new contract at seemingly the 11th hour, but I, I think that um, his time at Everton is done now. Announced at the Dixies, I believe, by yeah. Mr Kenwright with a little dig at the Echo, <laughs> <laughs> saying the Echo might not think he's uh, he's worth a contract, but we do. Um, I won't say we told you so, but no, I mean, he's not had a great little spell for the last 18 months or so, and I believe since he's been on loan at Olympiacos, um, he's not exactly torn up trees, and yeah. he's lost his place over there as well. Uh, do you see any light for him, uh, Adam, or is he? Uh, no, have we seen the best of him. No, I, I completely agree with you, lads. I think yeah. the the overriding feeling for Kevin Morales over the course of his Everton career for me is just one of frustration. Yeah. Like, it's obvious that there is a bag of talent there, yeah. but we've just not been able to harness that talent for a consistent enough amount of time, and that's why he's been in and out of the side so much. Like he, there's been questions over his commitment like he's flirted with I think he flirted with Tottenham for a little yeah, while yeah. a few seasons ago didn't he can like, you imagine Tottenham taking him now yeah. that seems outrageous doesn't yeah. it yeah, yeah, right. so, yeah. yeah I, I'd be surprised if we kept him beyond the summer like, he's still got two years left on this new deal we can we can cash in yeah. try, try and look for someone else so we've all swiped left on Kevin Morales um, the next one again maybe not too many people surprised um, is Ashley Williams who I can't say it's divided opinion this season because the opinion has largely been in the uh, in the negative camp. 7.1% of Evertonians wanted to keep him. The rest wanted him to leave. Um, he's not had a great season. I mean, I believe it was the, uh, the Wales supporters who were on his case this week after his uh, inability to track uh, Cavani uh, for the, the Uruguay goal. Um, I've got, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate here because, you know, I have seen... 
some signs you know, that Williams might have some degree of usefulness for Everton, largely when he's partnering Mason Holgate. The pair of them look like a partnership. They look like they play okay together. But I totally accept that you know his pace has gone. He defends far too deep as a result. And when he's asked to defend up the pitch like he was in midweek against Uruguay, he can get caught on his heels. But he's got experience. You know, maybe... Um, a player to you know work with the younger players on the training pitch, bring them through. I'm trying to convince myself people are failing miserably. Uh, come on, help me out, yeah. uh, Ashley Williams. Anybody see any uh, any light for him? Yes, I certainly don't think. Given his, the position that he plays, it's as, as clear cut as Morales, who is you know a, now a winger, 30 plus at centre back. Williams at 33 um, shouldn't necessarily be be finished. He's still two years younger than Jagielka. Um, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though yeah. I would argue that Phil Jagielka is considerably quicker than him. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, he was one of those players who signed under Cumin. It was almost like um, Everton are signing players for right now, but yeah. unfortunately, it would seem that he he had peaked at that point. Yeah. He played great for Wales in the Euros, the, the hero of the hour for him there, and almost like his best years are behind him now. Um, at, at Swansea City, I think if he was willing to accept a, a squad role, not playing all of the time he, I, I don't think there's necessarily time to get rid of him just yet but I wouldn't want him necessarily being one of the first two choice centre-backs for next season mm. Is there any arguments as well that you know partnerships you know sort of work in central defence and that Williams and Holgate one looked you know as effective as any this season but I suppose when you brought a player like Michael Keane in you know for a significant sum of money you're going to have to play him um, Phil Jagielka, I'm still a huge fan of. You know, I still think, you know, worryingly, he's our most effective centre back. Um, but you know, if Williams is used, you know, with Holgate, is is there a future for well, him? Well, I think you're right. The, the the time that Williams looked best is when, you know, we had the end of David Lumsworth's caretaker reign. Sam Allardyce just yeah. took over. We had that like almost makeshift back four, really, with mm. a right back playing at left back. <laughs> And two youngsters in with Williams, and I think yeah. Williams really led that defence yeah. really well. He had, he had to he had to try and organise them as much as he possibly could yeah. because all of them were so inexperienced at what they were doing, really. And I think he was really good at that. It's just that when when the chopping and changing has happened, yeah. he's he's just really not adapted to it. And I think that Burnley performance for me was just indicative yeah. of a player who doesn't look comfortable at this level anymore. Does, does a player's pace just go overnight as well? I mean, is, is there obvious signs that you know his, his pace has gone or are we just reading too much into it? I, th- I, th- I, I can't think of him being outpaced, for example. I, th- I, th- I think it's down to the fact that he doesn't read the game well enough. Yeah. Like, there's far too often that he'll be caught like too far up the pitch or he'll be dropping far too far too much back. I think yeah. maybe where we're looking at pace, like Jagielka's just... His positional game is just so much better. Yeah, yeah. I think he deals with that. He's dealt with that transition into an, being an experienced player a lot better than yeah. Williams has. Maybe Williams still thinks he's this yeah. like, player in the prime of his career. Kind of. Be, yeah. I think he needs to try and bin off that now. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that really you know winds me up a little bit nowadays as well about uh, is it modern football? Is it the modern setup? But, but the absence of centre-halves that will give you half a dozen goals a season from set-pieces. I mean, obviously, we're not talking the Derek Manfield, you know, sort of 10, 12 goals in a season, because that was absolutely incredible, that was unique. But, you know, Everton have had, you know, consistently in the past, you know, centre-halves 
who will, you know, occasionally traipse upfield and, you know, to make themselves, you know, influential set pieces. And I always thought Williams had the opportunity to do that. And he's done it once or twice, you know, we can remember Arsenal, we can remember Leon, but there haven't been many. Phil Jagielka has never really done it. I think um, Funes Mori. Funes Mori, that's a good shout, yeah. Before he got yeah. injured, yeah. But chipped in with a few goals, you know, yeah. but... Apart from that, the last one I can remember really is Lescott. But is that right? Are, are we lacking a player like that, or is modern football change that just not so much uh, a significant issue anymore? It, I suppose it, it depends on it. You get a bit of confidence. I think Phil Jagielka going on an incredible run a That's couple right, of seasons yeah. ago. You know, when he was <laughs> increasingly bad celebrations. Yeah. So yeah, maybe once you nick one, I mean, uh, yeah. a few more follow. But what annoys me with Williams is almost like. Uh, the leadership angle, um, that Leon goal you mentioned, he, he had to get really angry just to, yeah. to do that, and then that obviously sparked all those unsavory, unsavory scenes in the stands, and then yeah. that awful moment with the supporter, yeah. and then again at Burnley, it was just it just ridiculous to do that under the nose of the referee, you know, was yeah. captain on the day for Everton, you know, you expect a lot more from a leadership side with Williams, he's Wales national captain, as we've, yeah. as we've said several times, but yeah, as for the goals. I mean, I suppose it, it, it's an added bonus. But I mean, Michael Keane too. You'd hope he'd, he'd be the sort of centre back who'd yeah. chip him with a couple. Um, he's, he's had a couple of chances. I know he, he scored against um, Hadjuk Split very early on in the season, yeah. but he's had a couple of chances, and you hope that perhaps he could have done a bit better. Yeah, you convinced me. Uh, Ashley Williams swipe left. He's on his way this summer. <laughs> uh, before we go to the next on the uh, in the bottom of the table list, I'm going to go right to the top end, and uh, the two players that probably won't surprise anybody that Evertonians most want to keep. Uh, Seamus Coleman, uh, top of the pile, 98.8%. Who are the other 1.2 that want him to go? <laughs> and then uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, 97.6%. Uh, you know, again, I would have thought that would be 100%. Uh, but, you know, those two are the future, clearly. I know Coleman is, you know, advanced in years now, but, you know, he's still an experienced individual with lots uh, of miles left in the tank. Sigurdsson, for me, has been, you know, one of the standouts in a very, very disappointing season. No uh, issues with either of those two. Yeah, I, think, I think it's not even just the quality of player that they are. It's the it's the way that they go about themselves, isn't yeah. it? Like it's it's almost the anti Morales. The, yeah. the way they go they go about the game. They put hundred percent effort in all the time. Like even if they're not having a good game, you can see they're at least. Yeah given their all for the team and that's what Everton fans want to see and in, in Sigurdsson's case when he's being played out of position you know, exactly, clearly yeah. he's not happy playing you know, on the left but he gets on with it and puts in an incredible shift while he's doing it yeah. but what I loved about, well I've loved an awful lot about him this season his creativity and his goal scoring has been tremendous but I loved that like backhanded compliment that Jurgen Klopp gave him after the goal at Anfield when he talked about the break that Everton made and he said, and then the finish, well, you know, so the finish is, you know, a difficult one for any other player, but for Gilfie Sigurdsson, he made it look easy. And you could tell he was, like, quite frustrated yeah. that it had fallen to a player of his quality. Mm. And he does, he makes difficult stuff look easy. And he, I, I like him a lot. And I think, you know, the kind of player that we should be looking to build the team around uh, going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, club record signing, it's been something we've been saying all season, getting playing in his, his best position. He should definitely be trying to build a team round him and, and then going back to Seamus Coleman yeah. um, just I don't think there's another player like him um, just in the way that so many players now are uh, academy schooled they all play the same way it's quite you know an effective but almost sanitised way of playing football whereas Coleman just plays off the cuff yeah. because he's got that that rawness about him and just a different way of playing and we saw he was so like coming yeah, through from yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's just so unique in that respect and I know I think it's been mentioned in other pods when we were talking about 
Everton players from the Premier League era who would have a genuine case to be in the all-time eleven, and I think Gavin Buckland argued that there would only be Baines and Coleman you could put a credible case of the current squad. Yeah, at, well, yeah. Of the entire Premier yeah. League era to be in yeah. an Everton all-time eleven for their position, and right. I think I know obviously the fullback game has um, been revolutionised compared yeah. to what it was in past eras. You know where fullbacks necessarily wouldn't cross the halfway line so he's dismissing but World Cup winner Ray Wilson yeah. for Leighton Vane's interesting no I think Gavin's actually going the, <laughs> yeah. the other way round but he's, he's yeah. saying that, oh, you could put a credible case for, for Baines and Coleman and yeah, um, yeah Coleman any injury fears people had after his long layoff I mean when they saw his comeback game was it Leicester City was yeah. it and yeah. just the way he was like bombing down the wing in the, in the last minute okay he'd be playing a lot on adrenaline that night yeah, yeah. but you know, he, he, he's still very much got it and um, a terrific engine on him. Absolutely. Well, while we're still on the, other, the top end of the table, um, third place was Garner Gay, 96.8%, you know, so I think he should be kept. And I think it's an interesting one, that, because I've had a, a bit of correspondence on Twitter, and I know Twitter isn't always the home of the most rational arguments, but this guy, you know, so at a point, and uh, we were talking about Garner Gay and, you know, what he can bring to Everton. And he thinks he's been very, very disappointing this season and uh, has barely a handful of good performances. Is the guy fair? Is he on his case a bit too readily there? I wouldn't say disappointing performances. I think maybe maybe looking at the such such a high base that he set himself last season from such low expectations when we signed him, I think maybe he's not performed as well as he has last season. But let's be honest, he has. (laughs) <laughs> for Everton this season I think when you're looking at the balance of this this just this season in general I think I think Tristan Gay's been quite easily one of our better players like, yeah we, we we definitely miss him when he's not there I, I agree in that respect I suppose it depends on what kind of team you want to be and how ambitious you're going to be again playing devil's advocate here because I, I quite like Gay as a player but all that he brings to the team is, you know, a destructive element. He's, you know, the guy that, you know, breaks up tackle, breaks up attacks, you know, so wins the ball, uses it quite simply. But his use of the ball isn't that effective, and you know, his finishing's abysmal. You know, so he's shooting down the top end. He's, you know, if you're looking at the absolute prime in that position, you know, you can tell your messages. I still think he's got quite a bit to do mm. uh, to get to that. And it's, you know, how ambitious do you want to be as a football club, Howard? I would argue that you know there is better out there than a disagree, but at, the precise, at this moment in time, you know he has been you know one of our better players. I think he's been a victim of um, those around him, perhaps letting him down. He built up a really effective partnership second half of last season with Morgan Schneider, and it looked yeah. like this was a really solid base for Everton to be going forward for yeah. the current season. And obviously, Schneiderlin's form has been uh, underwhelming to say the least this season yeah. and then he's had all kinds of different partners and systems yeah. around him so he's probably a bit unfair on that's the, fair yeah. 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 yeah alright well you've mentioned him so uh, we'll head back down to the bottom of the table again <laughs> and again third from bottom won't surprise anybody Morgan Schneiderlin only 16.6% of Evertonians uh, want to keep him I'm going to argue against this not because I'm being bloody minded I'm trying to deliberately provoke uh, <laughs> arguments but just as Chris said there when he arrived at the club in January last year um, for three or four months if the season had been a full season he'd have been player of the year absolutely convinced uh, as it was you know, he was definitely the standout performer in the second half of the season quite why it's gone pear-shaped for him I don't know this season he has been dreadful his attitude has been sorely lacking um, but I just think that a manager with good man management abilities, I think they could 
you know, sort of get that out of him again. I mean, this is a guy that was signed by Man United only like two years ago. You know, he's like one of Southampton's standout players. Or are we going to give up on him because he's had an awful six months? But isn't that exactly the point, though? Aren't we seeing exactly what happened to him at Manchester United? Like, he went to Man United and starting for them, playing well for them. And then we just remember his Man United career as being left on the sidelines. Yeah. They, they complained about his attitude not being all right. And... It, it just seemed completely different when he signed for Everton, but maybe we're yeah. maybe we're seeing the Man United, the real Morgan now. Yeah. I think one of the worst performances I've seen this season was West Brom at home. Yeah, like he was a he was a complete passenger in that game. Like I've said, I said on the podcast, like just after that game, like he he didn't make tackles. Yeah, he didn't he didn't distribute the ball. He didn't make any interceptions. I, I didn't I didn't see what he was. He was just yeah. another body on the pitch, and it's been far too often that he's been like that this season he, 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 one of the only notable things he's done is get sent off <laughs> yeah. uh, frequently yeah. <laughs> well yeah there's the Arsenal was it the Arsenal game where the gift was doing the rounds as well of him you know so actually failing to you know sort of close down yeah. Yeah. One, of, one of the many goals they pinged in that day yeah. no I mean I was trying to play devil's advocate to a degree but I, I still think there is you know a player in there and I, maybe should we give up just after six months? I don't know. I think maybe it's a little bit too premature for that. Um, the problem we've had is that um, he's failed largely under three different managers yeah. this season. Yeah, you mentioned quite like you know if, if somebody can coax the best out of him, but yeah. didn't do it under Cumin this season, didn't do it under didn't do it under Sam Allardyce. So yeah. is, is it going to be Big Sam? Is it going to be somebody else? I don't know. But like it'll be a fourth manager trying to get the best out. Fair, of him. fair, yeah. yeah. I'm one of those managers he's spectacularly disrespected with his, uh, you know, walking off the training ground antics. So, yeah. All right, we're swiping left. Uh, <laughs> not, not keeping very many here, are we? All right, this one will divide opinion as well because uh, this is the the fourth from the bottom of the uh, the keep list. 17.5% of Evertonians want to keep Cuco Martina. Um, Sam Allardyce has talked him up quite significantly. Talked about uh, you know the solidity he brought to Everton in a very unfamiliar position at a time of the season when the club's appalling transfer strategy meant that there was nobody else they could cover. Um, I would argue that he did okay as well. Um, you know, not absolutely top class. You know, once he crossed the halfway line, he got a nosebleed, but you know, defensively he was okay. Although towards the end of that little spell, he was uh, clipping a couple of crosses in for <laughs> goals. Uh, you two got massive downers on Cuco Martina, or do you uh, do you think we could? You know, I, I feel bad for Kuko. Yeah. I, I do. Like, I, th- I think people people far too easily fall under this assumption that right back and left back are two very similar positions, yeah. and they're just not. Yeah. Like, the ability to go from being a right back to being a left back is very tough. And yeah, Kuko Martin, you know, wasn't great at it. wasn't yeah. exactly pulling up trees. But and since Le- Leighton Baines has now come back, we're now seeing. Like the difference in quality oh, sure, sure that they, cheese, yeah. that they yeah. process, yeah. but as a as a backup right back, I don't I don't see Kuko Martino as a particularly bad option. Uh, no, I suppose the argument is that, that then negates John Joe Kenny's you know opportunities. You know, so well, it's effectively a third choice right back well, now, isn't he? You, yeah. you can have three right backs yeah. though. Like we, at the end of the day, we signed him on a free. Yeah, like yeah. He, he can he can definitely be third choice. Get some cup games, be some injury cover. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't see where the problem would lie there for me. Yeah, sure, yeah. It seemed a bit harsh, like Adam said, the fact he's brought in on a bottom free transfer and um, having to operate as the 
first choice left back at a time because there was no, no other options. Um, yeah, we've seen, we've seen the quality of Baines when when he came back and what what a great player he is. But if we flip it flip it around, um, Cuco Martinez put in two assists on his left foot. Could we have imagined Leighton Baines having to play right back and pinging a couple <laughs> in on his right foot? Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair, I yeah. think that's fair dues to yeah. Cuco there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think we're urging to a swipe right finally and uh, are keeping Cuckoo Martina. Ooh. Right, back down to the uh, the top of the table. And this one, uh, I don't know why it surprised me, um, but, you know, fourth on the list of the player that, you know, so most Evertonians want to keep with a resounding 96.5% Adamola Luckman. And again, you know, that indicates, I suppose, you know, the frustration a lot of Evertonians felt, uh, you know, the fact that he went out on loan in January, the fact that maybe he wasn't given more opportunities uh, to shine. Um, but you know, Emerson fans clearly want him to succeed, and clearly we can see a play there, can't we? You know, the, the lad's got talent, and mm. you know, hopefully he will get more opportunities next season. Mm. We're all going to say we want to keep him because you'd be foolish not to. Yeah. Um, but was Allardyce right not to use him more uh, and you know, effectively? I wouldn't say force that move to Leipzig. You know, the lad just wanted to play football. But you know, he'd not long made that little mazy dribble at Anfield and helped create that goal. Mm. Should we have seen more of him in the uh, yeah. in the last few months before his departure? Yeah, I think that game at Anfield is like the resounding issue, really, isn't it? We saw we saw the quality that Luckman yeah. possesses. Like it was just a few weeks earlier that he'd uh, scored those two goals away to Liverpool yeah. as well, like, and turned uh, the game against Watford. That three-two home defeat that turned when he came. So a three-two victory turned when he came on. Exactly, yeah. he's a fantastic option yeah. to have and. When when we've sent him out on loan, we haven't got that kind of player anymore. Really, yeah. he's so he's so exciting. He's so quick. He's so direct. He's got a he's got a good finish on him. Yeah. He, I, I I personally wouldn't have sent him out on loan if it, if it was up to me. I think he could have been a massively useful player for us. Like, like look at the look at the Watford yeah. away game. Yeah. It's nil nil. Imagine we had had Mola Luckman on the bench. Yeah. Just to bring on instead of trying to bring a, a defender on to shore it yeah, up. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I just think he, he could have he could have got much more opportunities. Well, as, as the clubs and we've said talked about this many times, the clubs' poor transfer strategy in the uh, summer effectively forced this because there's another player very very similar um, to Lukman who hasn't even been mentioned. Uh, this Nikola Vlasic who again made a bright you know, impression when he first arrived and then just hasn't been used since. Is that because you know, we stockpiled you know, so young wingers, we didn't buy any left-backs, you know, the, the whole strategy was flawed. Yeah. Players like though, Adam Oderluckman and Nicola Vash are suffering because of that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, seems, it seems absolutely bizarre in 2018 when you've got a director of football and supposedly a planned transfer strategy. Yeah. You basically sign a player because he played against you in a, uh, a Europa League um, <laughs> qualifying match. Oh, he, he looks decent. I mean, a lot of people who were. I candled it with Paul Wilkinson. Yeah. That worked out right. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of people said at the time they didn't actually remember him doing much in the game against Everton, but obviously yeah. they spotted something yeah. there. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it does seem ra- ra- rather odd that, like you say, the huge discrepancies there in that, as we all know, there was no centre forward signed in the summer, no left back signed in the summer. In many ways, that was more glaring than the centre forward issue because, I mean, yeah. they had Sandro Ramirez and they weren't to know that he wouldn't come good. So, so not bringing a left back, and then, like you say, all the all these young wingers and then not utilising them. But the thing with with Luckman was again it's player power. Yeah. I think Sam wanted to keep hold of him or possibly send him somewhere else in the championship. But Correct. the player himself yeah. pushed for, for that move to to Leipzig. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't do much, I suppose, when a player does that. Well, there are lots and lots of players out on loan at the moment. And the one who I think is a real interesting case in point, because apparently he's hit the ground running where he's gone and he's getting rave reviews, uh, as, as he should do because he's a regular senior international for his country, Mo Besic, and now absolutely terrorised by injuries uh, during his time at Goodison. And, you know, disciplinary-wise as well, he has his moments, you know, so he throws in a, a reducer a bit once too often. Um but there's clearly a player there, you know, that performance in the first leg of the League Cup semi-final against Man City, you know, underlined what a good player he is. Uh, but, you know, injuries affected his time there. But it seems like he's rediscovering uh, a vein of form and a run of fitness up at Middlesbrough at the moment. Um, should Everson recall him? Should Everson be offering him, you know, further game time next season? Or have we seen the best? Can we not take a chance on him and allow him to leave, you know, join Middlesbrough permanently? It's an interesting debate, like... I've spoken a lot to Jonathan Taylor up at the up at the Middlesbrough Gazette yeah. over the last few weeks, and you know he's been <laughs> absolutely raving about Bessage. He's like, yeah. he's like oh, why have you why have you let him go? Yeah. And I think you mentioned that semi final, but that that was about as as good as it got. It was really. a standout, yeah. yeah. With yeah. with injuries and with us signing other players in that position, like, he just he just wasn't getting he just wasn't getting the game time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and. I think that's probably what that loan move was all about, getting that game time. Yeah. Let's see let's see what he can do again. And I, th- I think it's probably the worst possible thing for us that he's playing so well. Yeah. Because it, it does bring up a debate like, could, could we? Could well, we? at a time when Schneidlin is stinking the gaff out and, you know, so other players aren't... <coughs> You know, really impressing. I mean, we're using Wayne Rooney in a holding role at the moment. And That's right. I think we saw the, we saw the impact of James McCarthy. You know, for those couple of games yeah, that yeah. he came back, he looked really solid in that central midfield position. It looked like we needed someone with his kind of engine. Yeah. And Besic definitely has that. I, I wouldn't be opposed to keeping him. Yeah. Definitely. He's not for me. I think he's had his chance. Um, yeah. I think if, if, if it's a contradiction in terms, he's a Martinez hard man, wasn't he? Which just seems a bit bizarre. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you know, to start a player, who, you know, throw a tackle in, shake a fist, and get the crowd up for it. And yeah. you know, obviously the Everton crowd like that, but you do need a bit more than that. Yeah. And we talked about maybe Idrissa Gay's limit limitations, but I think uh, best achieving more. So, yeah. so I'd, I'd argue it's actually a good thing that it, I'd okay. There's a temptation that you bring him back because he does so well for Middlesbrough, but I'd just say, yeah, get him out there doing well for Middlesbrough and then get a bit more. And get a fee for him. (laughs) Spoken like a true (laughs) financier. (laughs) Right, okay. I mean, one today that we've uh, written a story about uh, is the deliciously talented Kieran Dowell, man with an absolutely delightful left foot. Love watching him play football. As did Nottingham Forest fans to begin with, and then they seem to fall out of love with him very quickly. Um, Kenny Burns, that uh, you know, sort of paragon of virtue, was saying how he needs to start putting his foot in a bit more and starting <laughs> getting down and dirty. I think he said, but equally he said he'd love to see him back at the City Ground next season. Uh, doesn't think he's going to get into the Everton team, therefore Nottingham Forest might benefit from keeping him for another season. And I think Darwin himself has said that he's open to the possibility, uh, you know, of a move like that. I'm not so sure, you know. So I, I like him a lot, and I think he's got that little bit of creativity that you know. So maybe we haven't had on occasions this season. Um, Kieran Dowell ready for the Premier League yet, or still too soon? Just another season in the Championship. I, I I don't personally see how we would have got regular game time yeah. in 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 this team. I think I think the loan move absolutely made sense to me, yeah. and 
Look, the player, the player knows himself. Like if he's if he's open to another loan move, then it smacks to me that he knows that he's still got a yeah. lot to learn. Yeah, and. It also smacks at the football club hasn't got anybody keeping an eye on buddy loan players oh, well. up until about a week ago when Martin Dobson was given the role so. well that's it like, that's another argument yeah. I'm, I'm not sure he would like, let's say let's say he's not getting into our team and let's say he's playing for the under 23s is that really helping him yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I think maybe maybe a short term loan maybe somewhere yeah. until January and see see what happens but yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to sending him out on loan again. Definitely yeah. shouldn't be thinking of selling him. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's say that much. Yeah. Sure. It's fallen victim, hasn't he? So I, I, so so it's a swipe up, is it? Not a swipe <laughs> yeah. up. Karanka yeah. is quite, I think, regimented in the way he plays, and that's probably not um, helped Dahl. Um, it's, it's just like, as, as Dave mentioned, it's, it's a terrifically talented player there, lovely, lovely to watch, but whether that's enough at this stage for Everton first-team squad, I've still, I've still got me doubts. Yeah. Right, so good okay. Well, this is like a special podcast to fill the international breach. Uh, talking about players we should keep or sell, and we're going to finish by discussing the goalkeeping situation because uh, obviously Jordan Pickford is the next England goalkeeper elect. You know, so he's going to go to the World Cup, and uh, we like him. We all think he's a, he's a talent. You know, so it could become you know so an Everton goalkeeper for years and years to come. But he needs backup. He needs somebody to push him, somebody to you know provide cover if and when he's not available. Joel Robles has been in that position for many years now, and there's suggestions he could go back to Spain. Martin Stecklenberg has missed a lot of the season through injury, and uh, you know so he's not been around. Um, do we need another backup goalkeeper of some quality to, to help push Pickford on, or are those two one of those two the right men to stay at the club? I think absolutely we probably will. Need need someone else to, to come in. He, as you say, reports in Spain are suggesting that he's going to m- move back there. Yeah. Robles, uh, he's, he's out of contract in the summer. Doesn't doesn't look like there's yeah. one on the horizon. Has like, he been harshly dealt with? Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Like there were there were a, like, was a period of like a year or so maybe where he looked like he was pushing Tim Howard very hard. Well, I, I would argue he was playing better than Tim Howard for that oh, three or four month spell. You know. He should, he should yeah. have came in a lot sooner than he did. Yeah. He didn't. Uh, then the next season came along, Martin Stecklenberg came in. Yeah. He was obviously favoured by Ronald Koeman for yeah. one reason or the other. And then he, Robles seemed to win that fight yeah. coming to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Pickford's come in and walked straight into the team, quite rightly so. But yeah. Like you, if you were him, you'd be thinking, what do I, what do I have to do here? Like, how, how do I get more game time? Sure. So I think in his head, he's probably thinking that he needs to move on. But that leaves us then with just Pickford and Stecklenberg. And mm. Stecklenberg, with only a year left on his contract, is he going to be good enough to push Pickford? Sure. I, I don't really think so. I think we need a younger keeper to come in to really challenge for that number one spot. I, I don't agree with you, yeah. Thing. I mean... Your thoughts, Chris? You, yeah. Like I said, Joel, when he first came in, I was unconvinced. I didn't fancy him at all. But I thought he did get better. To be fair to him, over those years that he was at the the club, and like you said, almost to a point where he was almost de facto number one before Pickford came in. But you never yeah. thought over a long term period he's going to be 
quite good enough for what Everton wanted yeah. from a, a regular number one goalkeeper. So for his own sake, you know, what is he now at late twenties? He, he, yeah. he needs to be playing somewhere, somewhere regularly. Hopefully, he gets somewhere possibly back in the league, playing regularly. But the question is that. Who, who do you get to challenge Pickford because Stecklenburg been an excellent keeper himself this time played in a World Cup final we've got to remember but yeah. obviously very much in the autumn years of his career now will yeah. he have the appetite to push Pickford probably not so you you do need a, a, another young goalkeeper but who, who do you get because hopefully if Pickford's still going to be at Goodison Park as, as number one next season you, you're not going to have much um, chance of playing it's just going to be League, league yeah. Cup Ties, whatever. So it would very much be, you know, you say they're going to push them, but it would very much be an understudy role. And it is weird. I mean, you know, number two goalkeeping position is like one of the, you know, strange roles in football. Um, you've always got to be ready. You've always got yeah. to be absolutely on your game. But you know that your opportunities uh, to play are going to be so few and far between. I, I think that Pickford is an absolute diamond that could become, you know, so a great Everton goalkeeper. Clearly, there are. Parts of his game that needs attention. You know, he's not faultless. You know, he's made a couple of errors this season, but you know, his shot stopping is par excellence. And he needs somebody to push him. He needs a youngster in there, and you know, it's identifying that player. You know, sort of to bring in and to push each other on the training pitch. I think is going to be absolutely crucial. So I take it from that that we're both saying Robles and Stecklenberg are both out of here this summer. Well, I think Robles will go only yeah, on his contract expire. Stecklenberg, if we can buy somebody younger and uh, yeah. Yeah, another yeah, swipe right then, in, in keeping with this entire podcast. <laughs> right, well, that was, uh, like I say, a special international break. We'll be back uh, at the end of the week to preview the proper stuff. Uh, Emerson playing Manchester City on Saturday tea time, and uh, we'll be back to discuss and preview that game. But for now, thanks for listening. Boom.